It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who has been the most underrated Cowboys player through the first 10 games? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are answering your Twitter questions today. We've got a bunch of really good ones, so let's jump right into it. Landon, our first question comes from Carlos. He wants to know, who is your most underrated and overrated Cowboy this season? Man. Um, for this, just this season, right? Just this I think season. That, that makes it for an interesting kind uh, of conversation. Um, as far as underrated goes, I think that that's, that's tougher because we talk about these guys all the time. So, I will. I'll go ahead and say that I don't know that we're quite appreciating enough of how good Tyler Smith is playing. <laughs> you know, like I, I think that's the 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 situation where we talk about it, right? And and we see it week to week. And and I don't think you know much in the same way that we kind of very easily took for granted that that he was able to slip slip out to play left tackle last year and kind of do so. Uh, at a rate that was pretty incredible for a rookie that didn't, you know, get that opportunity to play that in training camp. I think we're starting to see that he's, you know, the best, I think, I, I mean, I think it's safe to call him the best offensive lineman on this team right now. I mean, I, I think if it, it, Tyron mm. Smith has got, is having a conversation right I now, say, I, would go, I think I'd go Tyron, but I think it's probably pretty close at this point. Um, but I think the Tyler's probably put together more, consistent good weeks honestly i think tyron since the 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 thursday practice thing has been unstoppable but i think from pole to pole tyler smith's been very good so uh i I still think that we're kind of uh underappreciating just how good a player we we've gotten with tyler smith um but i i think that that has everything to do with the position he plays um who's your underrated I'm going to go with Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Deron okay. Bland has been the story of, you know, yeah. the, of the Cowboys this week with the four touchdowns uh, and the six interceptions this season. But Stephon Gilmore has been everything the Cowboys hoped for and more for a yeah. lot of reasons. Like, have you noticed him giving up a lot of big plays? No. Has he gotten a lot of turnovers? I think he only has, what, is it, one or two on the season? Two, I think, yeah. Yeah, two. Uh, he, do you know how many yards he's given up the last two games combined? It's you not a me- ton. I don't because, but I know that I haven't. I, I I know that I while watching the tape the other night, I I saw a ball that went to a receiver that was near him, and I was like, 
you're not seeing that very often. Yeah. So I, I mean, he's only given up 27 yards total in the last two games. That he only has seven targets. Like teams just aren't targeting him because he's still really good. And we we talk about Bland, we talk about Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and all these other players. The Cowboys stole like a top 15, top 20 cornerback for a late round pick, and it just doesn't seem like we're talking about it that much. Yeah, you know, speaking of stats that maybe we haven't talked about enough, there is a stat that's floated around a lot of different platforms that we haven't really discussed, and that's the fact that the Cowboys' defense has still yet to give up a 100-yard receiver or 100-yard rusher. Yep. And obviously, Gilmore's a big part of that. I mean, I think teams are looking at what Deron Bland's doing, maybe shying away a little bit mm-hmm. more. Uh, but all throughout that transition before b- b- before Bland be kind of became known as an uh, all-pro caliber player, which I guess we can – kind of be saying now yeah yep. you know the, Gilmore was cornerback one for a couple weeks while they were figuring out and then you know obviously seamlessly transitioned to the kind of a, us cornerback two role but all throughout that time uh was able to produce at a high level or at least keep the production from his receivers uh down so uh, yeah I, I think that's a really good name for sure uh, I, I got a stat really quickly on Stefan Gilmore so he has a forced incompletion percentage of over 18 percent this year uh, that is the highest that he's had since he was defensive player of the year in 2018. Like that's good. You're getting outstanding cornerback play and he's not even the best corner on this team right now, which is absolutely incredible. I can't imagine where this team would be right now if they didn't have Stefan Gilmore. Like if it was just Deron Bland and now you're having to roll out no Igbenogany and Jordan Lewis more and Nashawn, right? Like, I just don't feel like he's gotten enough credit for how good he's been. Let's go on the the other side. Who has been the most overrated Cowboy through 10 games? I'm going to say this, and I want everyone to know that I I just – I think this is temporary. I don't know what's going on for sure. Uh, But Zach Martin has really struggled these last few weeks. We love Zach Martin. I've got a jersey yeah, of Zach yeah. Martin that's autographed right behind me. So we, we love Zach. We love Zach, and I don't believe this to be a permanent thing at all. He just looks like there's something right, not right. You know, he's like stiff. Uh, he's not, you know, his his foot fire is not as quick. Uh, he's losing power on contact at times, when it seems like, when he would normally be powering through guys. Uh, yeah, the tape this last week was not – was was maybe the worst Zach Martin tape I've seen on you know a long time or or, or you know honestly at least until a couple of weeks ago I, I feel like he had a bad game was it against the Chargers maybe or I yeah. can't remember but it, it does feel like he is not right and he's not playing up to his normal uh, level and and not even to a level that we saw him earlier in the season you know what I'm saying so well uh, we know this because in week was it week three he hurt his ankle. Um, he's been on the injury report, I believe it was at week three, week four, week five. He missed the week three game against the Cardinals. He came back, struggled in that one. He, you could see when he's on tape, that ankle is heavily wrapped. I, I gotta believe that he's probably still feeling some kind of effects from that injury. Yeah. It, and you, and you, like I said, it's on tape. You see, you it. can it's, see it. It's, it's pretty clear. He's just not, uh, uh, able to sustain the way he normally would be um, able to power through blocks the way he normally would be. Uh, and, and just the way he's moving is doesn't look uh, as athletic as it normally does. So yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, again, I hate to use overrated here for Zach Martin, but I think if we're talking about a guy that 
is not playing up to his standard, his no. own standard. I think that's Zach Martin right now. And unfortunately, this stretch is probably going to be very tough for him, right? You, I mean, yeah. you do have three home games right in a row, but you're going to be playing a lot of football against some better teams coming up. I have a hard time believing he's suddenly going to get healthier uh, by the time that we get to mid-December, but we shall see. Anybody on the defensive side of the ball? I, I, I Nobody jumps to mind for me. I think Martin was the guy on offense, but anybody for you on defense? Yeah, I don't know. Again, I mean, I, I hate to kind of <laughs> – go against the question a little bit. And I don't know if overrated again is, is the proper terminology here, but I think it's time to recognize the kind of up and down nature of Jonathan Hankins game. Um, you know, he had a really great game against the giants. I think he really struggled against Carolina. It seems like uh, he just had a couple different times where he was pushed out of the hole or, or jumped around in the gap and guessed cor- incorrectly. Um, and it just seems like you're not getting like, uh, you know, week in and week out consistency from Jonathan Hankins, uh, even as a run defender, it feels like, um, you know, he's not, he, even when he's bad, he's not terrible, but it's, it's, it's still not, you're not getting that the good Jonathan Hankins, uh, you know, consistently week in and week out. It feels like you get maybe two good games and then a bad game or two bad games and then a good game. And it's, and you'd love to see a little bit more consistency, especially as the season kind of winds on a little bit and and you know after watching the Carolina game part of me wonders if that's a little bit why the Carl Davis move was made I mean for those who don't know Carl Davis was a a big nose tackle the Cowboys just signed a former Patriots and former Raven and he played for Iowa yeah Iowa guy yeah I certainly remember when he came out um uh yeah and so like I I think that they you know looking for a little bit more consistency at the nose tackle spot uh, is maybe something they were trying to do when they, when they signed him because Hankins is good. Like I said, you're getting some good games from him, but at the level of consistency that you were looking for, especially it's really a run defense. You just really like to see a little bit more. All right. Let's talk about the Cowboys second round pick at tight end who caught his second touchdown of his career in week 10. We will get to him next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so that you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. All you have to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use promo code LOCKEDONNFL, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year, it can be a lot. It's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety. Uh, Now that we're getting close to the holidays, we've got these seasonal blues that come up. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. 
therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and all the change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for any reason at no additional charge. Find the bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Every day, we will be back on Wednesday to preview this Cowboys Commanders Thanksgiving matchup. We also wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering the league every single day. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Landon, next question. This one from Preston. He wants to know, I'm still very confused on the drafting of Luke Schoonmaker in the second round. If we're just going to use Jake Ferguson like this, why draft Luke at all? Because you need more than one tight end? I don't know. Like I, I don't understand this question out and I really don't even understand how we're using Ferguson in a way that wouldn't include a second tight end to be honest. I, I see this a lot though on Twitter. People are still very upset that the Cowboys used the second round pick on a tight end. Uh, I mean, I, I can't help you there. I, the Cowboys needed a, needed a tight end. <laughs> like, I mean, I think, you know, look, having a uh, schematic diversity and having the ability to kind of move into uh, multiple uh, formations, that's part of what the Cowboys offense is about. Um, and I think you need to have multiple tight ends. And, uh, I think if you had not had Schoonmaker coming into the season, you would have been in real trouble. Uh, and, and I think it would, it's not as easy to point out because Schoonmaker is averaging like what one target a game or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But he's, but he's giving you a, a ton of snaps as a blocker and he's doing pretty good for a, a rookie tight end as a blood blocker. Uh, and especially when accounting for the fact that the guy that was supposed to be your number two tight end uh, is now what in we're in week 11 and we still have yet to see him play yet. Um, yeah. And the guy that was behind him that we had thought was a little bit more reliable, no offense, Marcus, uh, hasn't played, hasn't played very well. Uh, and and, and uh, so I, I think, you know, as much disrespect as Schoon seemingly gets on Twitter a lot, like he does a lot of dirty stuff. He plays a ton of special teams. He blocks well. Uh, both as a pass blocker and a run blocker. Um, and I, I think that you're starting to see him start to kind of get it together as a receiver. And I think that if he does kind of get it together and, and starts to use that body the way that uh, the way that he can, uh, I think it's going to take this red zone offense to a new spot, you know? And um, I, I, I still very much believe in Schoonmaker because mostly because as we said, we are now 11 weeks into his rookie year, and he's a tight end, guys. Like, yeah. this is something that, you know, tight ends and DTs take a while. Unfortunately, we took a DT a and a tight end in that order. So, and a they, linebacker and that what? got hurt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, guess what? Those guys are coming along. Like, Mozzie's starting to play. Mozzie had a pressure last week on a nice pass rush move. Yeah. Scootmaker had a touchdown. 
So I think if anything, you saw the two much maligned Michigan men who got drafted in the first and second round start to kind of put it together this week. So I maybe I would have asked this question last week and you, you probably would have gotten a better response. But I, I don't know. I think for me, it makes sense. You needed the t- you needed another tight end. You've you've you know you've got to have that kind of scheme diversity. And if you're going to take such a big step back every time you're in twelve personnel, um, you know without without the kind of depth at the, at that position, you're you're, you're going to be relegated to one sort of formation. And and you yeah. better hope that your guys can win every single time if you're running eleven personnel over and over and over. Again. And you better hope that you never get injuries at wide receiver. Now, yeah, the Cowboys have been fortunate, knock on wood, to not get any massive injuries. Now, C.D. Lamb is dealing with an ankle injury. It sounds like he should be good to go to play on Thursday, but. Let's say for whatever reason he can't play or that he's severely limited. I don't know if you're going to want to play a bunch of 11 personnel, right? I mean, you're still going to play a, a significant you're gonna amount. You're going to play 11 maybe, personnel. Yeah, yeah you're, you're going to want to use something different. I will also say there <laughs> – Schoon has, what, two touchdowns this year? There is a – there was a good chance that he's has like five or six touchdowns at this point, right? The, the touchdown against the Eagles was about that far away. If you're listening to it, just put your fingers together. That's how close he was. The scoring a touchdown. He had another touchdown, I think, was it in the Patriots game where Dak yep. put on him in the end zone and he just got hit and dropped it. Like he, I think he's going to be a big red zone weapon for this team. It's clear that the Cowboys are kind of targeting him in that area. Um, that's going to be important. And I, I, don't, I don't see that changing anytime soon because Ferguson's a much more well rounded receiver. But Schoon's just bigger and more athletic, and you can throw him the ball up high and he can go make plays on it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think having now two guys who can block, because uh, Ferguson is a much better blocker than than Schultz was last year, yes. even just because he's stronger. Um, I think you know that really helps. It really helps with with uh, you know with the twelve personnel if you want to run run the football or if you want to throw it. You know, you can have a guy like uh, Schoon who can come in. He hasn't done it. He's probably done it like 15 snaps or so in the in the season. But you know those are valuable snaps where he can come in and be a pass protector. Well. I got the numbers right here. So since week two, when he's really played more, uh, he has 18 pass blocking snaps, one pressure allowed. Yeah, I mean that's that's valuable when you need that extra body in there for blocking for max protect, so you can get the ball down the field against a team that's coming after you. Having a tight end that can you know operate as a you know, smaller t- tackle to kind of help you out. Functional blocker, great. right? That's, yep. that's sometimes all you need is a functional blocker. And he's been that um, should mention this week, according to pro football focus, he was the highest graded tight end in the NFL had his best game of the season. It's also important to remember, like he was dealing with a pretty significant right. foot injury in training camp. We didn't think we'd see him in the preseason at all. I think over the last couple of games, he's really started to play better. And you just have more diversity on offense. You can play two tight ends. You can play three tight ends. You can play 21 personnel. You you just have a lot of different options when you have more than just receivers and running backs in your offense. And, hey, like if, you know, look, I, I mean, I just said Hendershot hasn't started coming back until this week. But, frankly, now that he is back, having all three of these tight ends as opposed to having Hendershot try to function in that tight end two role, that's a better role. It's be, the tight end three role is a better role for Hendershot because he can do what they need him to do, like to use his skill set. He's not a great blocker. He's not gonna, you know, bury guys like this. But you can still yeah. now that you've got Scooney, you can you can put Hendershot where you need to in order to kind of avail yourself of his skill set, which is obviously very different than those other two guys. Yeah. 
Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys running back situation, including Tony Pollard's future with the team next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. I, we, last week, we recommended that you go bet on the Cowboys to beat the Panthers. If you did that, you have $150 mm-hmm. in bonus bets sitting in your account. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can bet on the MVP race, such as Dak Prescott, who saw his odds go from 40 to 1 to 15 to 1 this week on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. We want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Landon, let's finish up with this question from Eduardo. He wants to know... Do you believe that ca- the Cowboys will move on from Tony Pollard next year? And how has he played so far? I don't, I can't really answer the second part. I mean, I just, it's too tough to know right now with, we've got to know the, how the rest of the season goes, I think in order to kind of get an idea. Uh, I, you know, I think they don't really have any plans. They don't have anything in the, in the cooker, you know, like I think that they maybe thought that they could get some, uh, uh, some Deuce Vaughn in there and feel confident about making him the kind of Tony Pollard and maybe to go and try to find another back to be that other, you know, bruiser kind of role. But I, I think they're nowhere with Deuce Vaughn as, as, as it yeah. stands right now. So uh, I, I think I'll answer the last part kind of first, I guess, is that I do think that Pollard has played better football these last two weeks. Uh, I think he looks healthier than he has. I, I, I commented uh, was it last week that I felt like the second half of last week's game, he looked like a different back than he did in the first half in, in mm-hmm. a positive way. And I think that you've seen that continued uh, 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 progression this week, right? That wind back toss that they ran with the, the inside zone. I mean, first of all, that's a gorgeous play that they stole from the 49ers. I'm so glad that they did uh, uh, steal that shout out to Jeff Blasco for taking mm-hmm. that right out of the playbook. Uh, and, and second of all, I think you saw the kind of Tony Pollard that we're used to seeing, right? The burst, the explosion, the ability to break tackles, you know, the, to, to run through tacklers. Um, I, I think you saw that all on display in that run. So I do think that you're starting to see him kind of get healthier now. I mean, I think there, there are two forces working against each other, right? Like as he starts to get more and more carries, his body's going to start kind of feeling Wearing that down. as he yeah. gets further away from the injury, his body's starting to feel a little bit better. So um, I, I, I do wonder where that those two kind of opposing forces meet. Um, but I think as it stands right now, you're starting to see an improved Tony Pollard 
The question is for how long and, and does that eventually kind of go the other way as the touches start to pile on a little more? Yeah, he definitely looked better in this game. You saw some of the explosiveness. I mean, on that one crack that we play you were talking about, he looked great. On the touchdown run, I thought he looked really good. I am curious about the future of the running back position uh, for the Cowboys because I don't know if you've looked at their salary cap situation or who's under contract. Here's the list of running backs that the Cowboys have under contract next year. It's Deuce Vaughn, who was a was a six-round pick, Six who's round. been a healthy scratch for most of the year. And it's Hunter Lipke, who is a fullback, tight end, hybrid, that's an undrafted free agent. And that's it, Rico Dallas. Sounds like we're good agent. to go. I'm, yeah, I, 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 well, you know, I mean, you're asking. 200 to touches wrong. to Hunter Lipke. Right? I think, well, what's the problem? Sounds like you're talking to the two wrong. wrong guys here. About the right <laughs> um, I don't know. I because yeah. part of me could see that Pollard, maybe Pollard comes back on a two-year deal mm-hmm. and name the price, $12 million, because sure. the running back market is so dried up. Maybe Pollard just tries to go get cash in and get a big payday somewhere else. I, If I had to like bet on what happens, my bet is that the Cowboys bring back Rico Dowdle on basically like a vet minimum contract, and then they probably spend a second-round pick on a running back, and maybe they bring in somebody else, but – it's a very murky situation for the Cowboys. I, I think for me, I, I'm in living in the world now where you go and get the Rico Dowdle guy however you can, right? Like whether it's yeah. a late round pick, a free agent guy, an undrafted free agent guy. I feel like I love Rico Dowdle, but Rico Dowdle is the the definition of the kind of guy that you can get from almost anywhere. Well, right? I, I mean, I think he's basically going to be somebody who just gets vet minimum. Like you're not paying him. Oh no, I'm talking, I'm just talking roles right now. Role, right. Like, yeah. the, like th- that type of back is the kind that you can probably get. I, I think what I'm getting at is that I think the plan moving forward for running back should be go find that other, that Rico Dowdle guy. However, right. Sign him off the street. Yeah. Undrafted free agent. Find that guy. It's not, it's not easy, easy, but you could, there's lots of different ways to find that. Guy. Yes. There's lots of options. The Pollard guy is the one that you need to spend resources on, like the, the the special juice guy, right? Like I think it's kind of almost like the Jamar Gibbs model, right? I don't know that you want to spend a first round pick necessarily on the position, but I think those are the if you're gonna spend like the a home second run round, hitters. But yeah, you're you're spending them on the home run hitters because those are the more unique athletes, the harder ones to find, right? So I think that's how they need to handle it. Pollard still could be the juice guy, I think. I mean, I I think. I wouldn't be shocked if Pollard went back to form next year. Like if he was like closer to where he was previous I w- I wouldn't season. Be surprised. So I, I'm not at all opposed to the Cowboys trying to re-sign him for a good deal. Uh, at the same time, if they are going to go the route of trying to replace him, I don't think they can skimp at that spot. They need to, they need to like, you know, invest in a, in a juice guy. Uh, I just think through know, the draft is the best way to do that. Yeah, and probably middle rounds, right? Or, yeah. or maybe or even late, I, late I mean, day you, one or day two. I was going to say, even if you want okay, – Late day, day, day two. How about day two? I was going to say, day two, like that's fine. That's when you take the guy that ran the 4-3-9 40-yard dash. Like, and frankly, we've seen a lot of these guys go on day two that have been really good. Brees Hall was a second-round pick. Like if you want to spend the 45th pick on the draft on Brees Hall, that's, that's fine. It's not a big deal, but – uh, I think that's that's what you're targeting. I think the days of uh, I'm just going to give you like an archetype, the Najee Harris, yeah, round one running back, the six yep. two two twenty five grinder types. I, I I just don't see the point of ever doing that anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that the the idea of trying to get 
everything in one bag. It's unnecessary. You don't need and, to. And, and, no. and it's also, uh, once you have it, it's not actually uh, any better than having two, those two guys. No. Right? no. Having two guys. Because ultimately, uh, you know, you become more injury resistant with two guys. You know, you can find guys that can step in to do a, the other half if there's an injury. I just think that, yeah, like the, the big body bruiser types, even the rare ones, even the, the, you know, the Henry's of the world, like there is a, an advantage to having them, but the advantage doesn't meet the, the cost of, of paying for those yes. kind of players. Yes. So that's hundred percent agree. Uh, you just look around the league right now. There's a lot of teams that are investing on day two, but that's Miami with like Devin H hit. Now Miami is just, they're grabbing all these speed running backs. And it's probably not a bad idea. Just, Target speed. Look at Baltimore getting Keaton Mitchell, who ran a 4-2-8, 40-yard dash. Speed is kind of the name of the game at running back right now. You probably don't need to pay for it, but you probably should chase it in the draft. And I got a feeling the Cowboys probably will next year in 2024. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Again, every day, we will be back on Wednesday to preview Cowboys Commanders. We've got crossover shows coming uh, on Thursday, so make sure you tune in for that. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow the show on YouTube. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.